Hello and welcome to our new episode of Around the World in 80 Books. As your personal book sommelier, I am delighted to present a South American gem, The Posthumous Memoirs of Brass Cubas by Joaquim Maria Machado de Assis. I invite you to join me to a trip to Rio de Janeiro to witness the small successes and failures of Brass Cubas who tell us his story from beyond the grave. It is hard to believe that this book, a charming collection of surreal metaphors following a playful and innovative narrative, was published in 1881. You can judge for yourself. Chapter 1 of the Posthumous Memoirs of Brass Cubas by Joaquim Maria Machado de Assis Translated by Gregory Rabassa The Author's Demise for some time I debated over whether I should start these memoirs at the beginning or at the end, that is, whether I should put my birth or my death in first place. Since common usage would call for beginning with birth, two considerations led me to adopt a different method. The first is that I am not exactly a writer who is dead, but a dead man who is a writer, for whom the grave was a second cradle. The second is that the writing would be more distinctive and novel in that way. Moses, who also wrote about his death, didn't place it at the opening, but at the close. A radical difference between this book and the Pentateuch. With that said, I expired at two o'clock on a Friday afternoon in the month of August 1869 at my beautiful suburban place in Katumbi. I was 64 intense and prosperous years old. I was a bachelor, I had wealth of around 300 contals, and I was accompanied to the cemetery by 11 friends. 11 friends. The fact is, there hadn't been any cards or announcements. On top of that, it was raining, drizzling a thin, sad, constant rain. So constant and so sad that it led one of those last-minute faithful friends to insert this ingenious idea into the speech he was making at the edge of my grave. You who knew him, gentlemen, can say with me that nature appears to be weeping over the irreparable loss of one of the finest characters humanity has been honoured with. This sombre air, these drops from heaven, those dark clouds that cover the blue-like funeral crepe, all of it is the cruel and terrible grief that gnaws at nature and that at my deepest insides. All that is sublime praise for our illustrious deceased. Good and faithful friend. No, I don't regret the twenty pounds I left you. And that was how I reached the closure of my days. That was how I set out for Hamlet's undiscovered country without the anxieties or doubts of the young prince, but rather slow and lumbering, like someone leaving the spectacle late. Late and bored. Some nine or ten people had seen me leave. Among them, three ladies. My sister Sabina, married to Cotrim, their daughter, a lily of the valley, and... Be patient. In just a little while, I'll tell you who the third lady was. Be content with knowing that the unnamed one, even though not a relative, suffered more than the relatives did. It's true. She suffered more. I'm not saying that she wailed. I'm not saying that she rolled on the ground in convulsions or that my passing was a highly dramatic thing. An old bachelor who expires at the age of 64 
doesn't seem to gather up all the elements of a tragedy in himself. And even if that were the case, what least suited that unnamed lady was to show such feelings. Standing by the head of the bed, her eyes cloudy, her mouth half open, the sad lady had a hard time believing my extinction. Dead. Dead, she kept saying to herself. And her imagination, like the stalks that an illustrious traveller watched taking flights from the Ilysses on their way to African shores without the hindrance of ruins and times, that lady's imagination also flew over the present rubble to the shores of a youthful Africa. Let it go. We'll get there later on. We'll go there when I get my early years back. Now I want to die peacefully, methodically, listening to the ladies sobbing, the men talking softly, the rain drumming on the caladium leaves of my suburban home, and the strident sound of a knife a grindery sharpening outside by a harness maker's door. I swear to you that the orchestra of death was not at all sad as it might have seemed. From a certain point on, it even got to be delightful. Life was threshing about in my chest with the surging of an ocean wave. My consciousness was evaporating. I was descending into physical and moral immobility, and my body was turning into a plant, a stone, mud, nothing at all. I died of pneumonia. Yet, if I tell my reader that it wasn't so much the pneumonia that caused my death, but a magnificent and useful idea, he might not believe me, and nevertheless, it's the truth. Let me explain briefly. You can judge for yourself. This is the end of the first chapter of the posthumous memoirs of Brass Cubas by Joaquim Maria Machado Jessis. I hope you enjoyed it and you're intrigued as much as I am to learn more. Obrigada e até breve. Grazie e a presto.